It is April 23rd, 2020. Welcome to the party show. I'm kind of glad to have you aboard. Thanks for tuning in. My guest at this time, brought to you by Fast Time Lock and Jewelry Repair. Although they are closed, they are still going to be when they reopen 12 locations to serve you across Ontario. Uh, for more updates, visit FastTimeLockRepair.com. My guest at this time is Dylan Baker. Dylan is the play-by-play voice of the London Majors in the Intercounty Baseball League. And we'll talk about uh, what's going on with the Intercounty League with Dylan. And he's also the play-by-play voice of the Kamoka Kings of the Greater Ontario Junior Hockey League. How did he get there? Um, he's also the host of the 211's Baseball Podcast. Oh, and by the way, folks, this is only a 14-year-old kid. Uh, this guy has been doing some great things over the past 18 months, and uh, we'll talk about how he broke into the business and uh, what else he's got planned for his podcast and uh, what's the summer going to look like. Are there going to be local baseball leagues? And uh, the Intercounty League we'll talk about as well. We'll talk about Rube Shanderdat and how he's had an influence on Dylan's career and much more. So, coming up, Dylan Baker, my guest at this time. All right, the man of the hour is here. He is the host of the 211's Baseball Podcast, the play-by-play voice, along with Noah Smith for the London Majors, and the play-by-play voice of the Kamoka Kings, Mr. Dylan Baker. Dylan, welcome to the program. Thanks for the time, buddy. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to, to join the show. Uh, yeah, I'm excited as well because, uh, you know, I, don't, I think a lot of people are... Uh, becoming aware of who you are and what you're doing uh, because of your podcast and I know our buddy Bruntwell did a piece on you last week but you are a teenager and uh, you're doing some big things I mean there's not a lot of people out there that are uh, doing intercounty baseball play-by-play and there's not a lot of people um, doing greater Ontario Junior Hockey League play-by-play especially at your age I mean that's wild how did you get involved in all this? Well, you know what, from a young age, I've always really wanted to be a broadcaster, be in the broadcasting industry, and, you know, I got started really when I was like two or three years old, playing baseball in the backyard, playing hockey in the basement, doing whatever, right, and just broadcasting my own play, broadcasting what I was doing, whether that was with a family member, whether I was on my own, I was just having a blast, you know, talking about how how everything was happening, that was like calling every play, doing some play-by-play, doing some color, describing what just happened, you know, I've always had a lot of fun doing uh doing broadcasting and so eventually i was 12 years old at the time 2018 i told my dad i was like i want to i want to start a podcast i want to do something to get into broadcasting because i just couldn't wait anymore i really wanted to to do something and you know what we found anchor which was the first first website that came up when i when i searched how to create a podcast for free so you know that's how that's how 211's baseball talk got started and we've had a few hiatuses where you know i've kind of been concentrated on school or other things or Kamoa the Kamoka Kings right in this past winter we had a hiatus as well so it's been difficult at times but I've really always wanted to be in the broadcasting space and uh you know what it was it was initiative that that led me in here play by play in uh doing a podcast um I mean it, it it's a heck of a skill to have, to have both of those in your back pocket. And I, I talk, talked about this a few times with Mike Stubbs, because as you know, Mike, the voice of the London Knights, and he hosts London Live, that great talk show on Global News Radio 980 CFPL. Um, you kind of have to have a balance, for sure. Which do you, A, enjoy doing more? Do you enjoy interviewing people for your podcast, or do you enjoy play-by-play more? That's a, that's a tough question. 
because, you know, I, I love interviewing people on the podcast. I've had, I've had some great guests. I've had Scott MacArthur from Sportsnet 590 The Fan, Dan Schulman from Sportsnet ESPN, Mike Wilner, Sportsnet 590 The Fan. So many great guests on the podcast, former players uh, in the minor leagues or in independent baseball. So I've had a lot of fun on the podcast. For me, I do definitely prefer to be doing play-by-play in hockey, doing color in baseball, doing play-by-play in baseball. I love being at live sports events. I love being able to talk about sports in real time. So to me, that's my that's my favorite thing to do. But uh, you know what? I do also really, really enjoy the podcast. Talk about your experience at the uh, play-by-play conference in Chicago, I think it was. Yeah, so that was the uh, play-by-play sports broadcasting camp in Chicago. And every year they do uh, several camps throughout the United States starting as soon as uh, school in the U.S. ends. And lucky enough for, for me, they, the Chicago camp happened to be July, I believe, 8th to 12th. And I had a lot of fun there. I got there. And, you know what? I stayed in the hotel. It, was, it took place in a hotel. And I stayed there. So I got uh, I got there a night early, and I was able to look around and stuff, knew where we were going to be. So that certainly helped out. And then I got there, and Neil Hardman, who did uh, who worked for Comcast Sportsnet Philadelphia for a long time with the Philadelphia Flyers, he actually asked the question that uh, – that got Allen Iverson to go on about practice way back when. Wow. So, yeah, I know. That was a fun fact that he shared with us. And we got to meet so many great sports broadcasters. John Waterman, the play-by-play radio voice of the Chicago Blackhawks. Neil Funk of the Chicago Bulls. We got to interview David Montgomery, running backs of the Chicago Bears. So right there, like in that in that camp, we learned so, so much. It wasn't just play-by-play. You know, that that's within the title. That's within the name of the uh, of the camp and stuff. But we, we, we talked about sports talk radio ho- hosting we talked about play-by-play obviously doing color we did uh we did spots like just talking pretending you're in front of a in front of a stadium and you know what at bp whatever doing all that kind of stuff so we did pre-game post-game shows and everything broadcasting related i kind of learned there and it's been huge and unfortunately it's not, not going to be going this year i think they're still holding out hope for a camp but i won't be participating in chicago camp uh this year but i i learned so so much there and it was a great experience for me What's the biggest takeaway, if you can name one that you took away from that? Well, you know, I don't know. There are so many. There are so many big things that I learned there, and I think the best thing that I learned was prompter reading. Because mm. you know, in a lot of a lot of different uh, uh, broadcasting positions, whether it's on the news, whether it's in sports broadcasting, you will have to read off of a teleprompter, and that can be challenging for a lot of people. Luckily, we had one there. We had a version of a teleprompter that we used, and I was able to uh, to use it very well. I understood all the words that were coming down. I was able to do it at different speeds, so that really worked out. And you know what? We got to interview so many of these players. It really helped me get over some of the nerves because, you know, you're talking to pro athletes. You're talking to broadcasters. So any guests that I had from that point on, I was a little bit less nervous to interview because I'm, I'm, a, I'm typically a little bit nervous before an interview whether it's on a podcast or even pregame for, for uh, either one of the sports that I, that I, that I do. Um, so that really, that really helped calm me down a little bit. The prompter reading was a, was a really big thing. And, and uh, being able to moderate two, two people that are yelling at each other because we did, uh, we did like, pardon the interruption shows, stuff like that. Right. Uh, they have on ESPN out there. So I got a chance to be the host, the moderator, and then I got a chance to rant and stuff like that. And I love ranting. I know if people have listened to the to the podcast before, they'll know that I like to go on about certain things that uh, that I don't enjoy too too much. So you know what? I learned so so much there, and I can't really pinpoint one thing that I that I really took away from that. 
You mentioned uh, calming the nerves before a big interview, and I'll, I'll be honest. I think most people know, but uh, when I had Jerry Howarth on, I was a, a, a nervous wreck. I met Jerry at a book signing at Chapters, and just asking him, you know, for some information to do my podcast, I was like this, like, um, best way I can describe it, like this fanboy. Like, my face was red, and I was, like, stuttering out the words, and uh, probably the weekend before, I, I just, I went through his audio book twice, and I lost his autograph book at the hospital for an appointment. I was nervous. Who is that person for you? Uh, for me? Wow. Um, you know what? I've got to, I've got to go with like, with the, with Dan Schulman, Scott yeah. McCarthy. They were, sure. I was very nervous to interview these guys and Casey Stern was actually the first big, um, broadcaster that we had on the podcast way back in January, 2019. Wow, that's awesome. I was, I was so nervous for that uh, interview. Like, I was sitting there. I, I had listened to Casey on the radio for so many years, right, on Inside Pitch on NLB Network Radio, and I was just like, and this is the guy I've listened to every afternoon on the drive home. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. What am I going to do? And luckily, the interview, I would say, went pretty well. It was my first interview with a, with a major guest, so it didn't go as well as I would have hoped it did, but you know what? I can't complain with, with how things went down. That's awesome. That's awesome. So another thing that's awesome is uh, the... Uh, Opportunity to call games in Labatt Park. Uh, as mentioned, you're uh, one of two voices for the London Majors. Um, who knows what's going to happen uh, with Intercounty Baseball this year? Um, let's start there. Uh, talk about your experience last year and what are you hearing about what's going on or what could be tabled for the uh, Majors for 2020? Yeah, so last year it was it was a huge year for me. I I mean I wanted to. I was told by my coach at the time, Brent Wales, who then became the pitching coach of the majors just before the season began, that they had live streams. So I was like, I really I really wanted to get involved in their live streams, and so I uh, I got Brent to give me Rube's email. Rube chatted out, of course, the owner uh, or part owner, field manager, and general manager of the majors, and so he sent it to Scott Dart, who is the other owner of the majors, and then he sent it to Matt Hiscock who's the media relations guy and photographer of the majors. So Matt was in contact with me, and then we, we met up um, late April, right before they had exhibition games against the Michigan Jetbox, which they had done for 11 consecutive years. And him, Noah and I chatted for a little bit about what they want to have on the broadcast this year, how it was going to go down. And you know what? It, at the beginning, it was a little bit difficult. I, I didn't know Noah. It was my first time in the booth as well. So it, it, was, it started off a little bit slow, but I would say Canada Day was a big turning point for us. Because in that Canada Day game, there were a lot of pregame festivities. Our pregame show was actually right around a half hour. So that's when we really kind of settled in and realized, you know what? As a team, we can really do this thing. And you know what? No one I happened to have great chemistry by the end of that season. And the playoffs were a lot of fun. I had so much fun with the majors last year. And I was so excited for this season. But uh, you know what? The coronavirus, of course, has derailed things. And I'm sure a lot of people that are familiar with the league heard that three of the teams pulled out for this season. No matter what happens, even if the league wants to wants to have a season this year. Sure. The Kitchener Panthers, Barry Baycats, and Brantford Red Sox will not be fielding teams. And of course Barry has won the championship I believe six consecutive seasons. So that's a that's a big loss for, for the IBL. What I'm hearing right now is they're eyeing hopefully Canada Day as a return for practices on field or, or baseball activities and then a July return hopefully for games in which they can squeeze in a 20-game regular season, which is 16 games less than what they would normally have uh, in the 36-game regular season from May to beginning of August, and then a shortened playoffs with uh, only four of the five teams making it, having a best-of-three semifinal and a best-of-seven final 
Um, so that would be really interesting to see. I would I would certainly be happy with that because I just want to be able to call baseball again with Noah and, and Matt up there in the, in the press box. And you know what? The, the whole organization is just so welcoming. Rube, Scott, and all the, all the people in the press box, like Eric Collins, the public address announcer, Dave Woody, he does the, the point streak scorekeeping, Linda Ross, who does the, the scorekeeping for the league. And all, they're, all, they're all so welcoming when I got there. And it was just a really awesome experience to be with the majors. And I really, really hope that we can have that again this year. Do you believe if they uh, move forward uh, with the season that there will be fans uh, to be allowed in attendance? That's the big question, right? Yeah. You know, it's, it's all going to depend on how the virus progresses. If they're able to flatten the curve even more, then, then possibly. But I, I think that the league... If the league is going to have any type of season, it's going to have to be with fans because some of these teams desperately rely on the revenue generated by ticket sales and by fans coming up to coming out to the games, right? So there are some teams like the the, the teams that have a, a large fan base like the London Majors that rely a little bit less on the on the fans coming in and that could probably manage one season and one season only with no fans. But there are other teams that, that don't have as much money to play with because of a, because of a smaller fan base. Sure. So they need all those fans coming in and I think if the if the fans aren't cleared to come into the ballparks, then there is no chance that this season will take place in the IBL. So, in a perfect world where we don't have a pandemic, do you think the city of London could could or would be in the position to host another baseball team, uh, be it a single A affiliate or a low A affiliate? Um, you know, because I coming from an outsider's point of view, right? I look at Labatt Park, what a, a ton of history in that park. Um, probably the most beautiful park in all of North America, in my opinion. I mean, it's probably biased, but um, I feel that diamond should be used a heck of a lot more than it is. Um, what are your thoughts on that? You know what? I think that, uh, that the city of London is happy right now with with the IBL team sure. in there, and then of course the London Badgers use it, the London Tecumseh use it. There are teams that rotate in and out, and of course, Fanshawe uh, College, Western University, enjoy using the, enjoy using the diamonds as well. And I know that high school, the high school teams have a lot of games there. But I think that while a minor league team would benefit the city of London, I think it would be great for the city of London. I don't know that they could get the the, the, enough fans out every single game, right? Because there are a lot more games than 36 in, in a minor league season. And you know what? At 18 home games, right? So the majors get great crowds out every Friday and then occasional Sundays, right? During the summer for their games. I don't know if that same following will be there for a minor league season. Obviously, higher level of baseball. So fans could be more interested from that point of view. Um, but I don't know if, if, if that's, yeah, if, if that's going to happen in the next couple of years for for the city, and I think that London's a great baseball town. I think that eventually they will be able to have a minor league team there. I just don't see it happening in the next five years. Fair enough. No, it's a it's a great answer. A ton of history, uh, like you uh, alluded to. It is a great baseball town. So, uh, like you said, we'll see what happens. Um, let's talk about Rube Chanderdat for a minute because I just found out probably a week ago that. Uh, he operates as the general manager not only for the majors and the field manager for the majors, but he's also the general manager of the Kamoka Kings. Dude, I mean, when does he have time to breathe? Because I mean, those are both uh, a lot, a lot of time to, to be invested there. Yeah, for sure. And Root does such a such a great job with both organizations. This guy works so so hard. I don't think I've ever seen a guy work so hard 
on on two sports teams. Like he's got to run a hockey team and he's got to field a baseball team every year, right? And he's trying to make them both competitive. And usually, it's a it's a, it's a pretty good season for the majors most most times. They went they were five hundred last year, but they're coming off a string of winning seasons. The Kamoka Kings have good success as well since they've had good success since the move to Kamoka from Lampton Shores. I don't know how he does it. I mean, Roop works so very hard to attract uh, players to the city of London and to, to Kamoka as well to try and get them to play there. And it, it definitely helps that the London Knights are nearby, so a lot of the a lot of the Knights' draft picks that don't make it into the OHL their first few years, they tend to come to Kamoka or the London Nationals as well. So it's tough, I'm sure, in in, in the GOJHL with Strathroy and London so close. Roop works so, so hard to, uh, to have a competitive team on both sides. And I mean... I don't think I've ever seen a guy work work as hard as he does to make sure that both of these teams have success. Um, obviously, in Kamoka, they have the newer, uh, well, the recreation center there. Does that give Roop an advantage in recruiting guys? I think I think it can possibly because there is the uh, the YMCA upstairs and stuff. It's got the gym and it's got great equipment there. It's a it's a gorgeous arena. Like I hadn't been there until. I started broadcasting for them this past season, and I walked in. I was like, "Wow, this place is is, is awesome." Yeah. Um, it's just it's so state of the art. Everything it, it's almost completely solar powered too. They've got solar panels all over the roof. It's really awesome to see how that place operates. I think it does provide a little bit of an advantage to Root because of, uh, of and, and the Kings organization because of how nice that place is and how many um, how many amenities they have there. So I think I think the Wellness Center is, is a huge advantage for the Kings. Yeah, it, it is a beautiful facility. They got boardrooms up there, and I did not know that was solar powered. So thank you for that information, my friend. I appreciate that. Um, so let's uh, hit on the Two Elevens Baseball Podcast. You have some uh, great guests over the past little bit. Plug that for me. Who do you got on coming up, or ha- ha- who have you had on uh, over the last little bit? Well, we've had uh, we've had a few returning guests. We've had Scott MacArthur who came on for his third time. Of course, Scott hosts the lead-off with Ziggy and Scotty Mack on Sports on the Top Night of the Fan, weekdays from 6 to 9 a.m., and then we had Brett Wales, pitching coach for the London Majors, on uh, for his third appearance on the show. It's always fun to have those guys on again on the podcast. They were some of the first guests I had, and they were they were some of the best as well, so it's always fun to have them on. And you know what? We had Harry Muir on this past week, and if you want a guy who's got great baseball stories, he's been he's pitched in, I think he said, four different continents. Wow. He's uh, he's pitched like everywhere. He knows the game so so well. He's got he's got stories from when he pitched in France, from when he pitched in Cuba at the Junior National Chair at the National Championships or something like that. It was the World World Junior Championships. There we go uh, for Team Canada, and he threw a no hitter against Team USA in the World Junior Championships of all places. Right, so he's got great stories. I I, I really enjoy having all of my guests. I don't think I can complain about a single one that I've had on. Scott Crawford was on, of course. He's the Director of Operations of the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. He was a lot of fun to have on chat with, chat about Canadian baseball with him. And you know what? I've just been lucky to have so many, so many great guests on the podcast. I've been taking it week by week, if I'm being completely honest, during sure. the pandemic. Sure. Of course, uh, we, we were on a hiatus for a long time, and I thought, you know what? Everybody's at home. What better time to bring back the podcast than right now? So, uh, so I brought it back, and it was it was a struggle to find material, right? As I'm sure you understand, with yes, what's going on. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, um, so I, I I created the life as segment, and there was uh, it's, it's telling the story of, of somebody's journey throughout baseball, whether it was as a player 
at, at different levels. We've had Brent Wales talk about his college experience, Shane Davis talk about life in the minor leagues, Braden Farrington is an independent leaguer, and Scott MacArthur talked about life as a sports talk show host, and you know what Harry talked about uh, playing on the international stage and in the minor leagues and coaching because he's done pretty much everything you can name uh, when it comes to baseball. So that's been a big thing for us, and we're just kind of, you know what, I reach out to people on a Sunday, uh, the two weeks before there's some, that, I, that I would like them to come on. I tell them, hey, any chance you can come on the podcast. And, you know, uh, the thing that I don't think people realize enough is that just by reaching out, you, you have a better chance of actually getting these guys because as intimidating as they may seem, hosting a big sports show or being these former players, if you just say, hey, I'd love to have you on the, on the podcast. You know what, I'm, I'm Dylan Baker. I've been hosting this podcast for two years. Whatever, whatever, they will, they'll, they'll take it into consideration. They're a lot nicer than, than, they, than, they, than they seem, right? Because they seem so intimidating on those big stages. But yeah. they, they really enjoy coming on these little podcasts and stuff like that. So it's been a lot of fun to have all my guests on. Well said, my friend. And uh, that's some great advice because uh, I, I always felt that uh, there's never been a baseball person that's ever turned me down either that's want, ever wanted to talk baseball. Baseball people like you and I, we're all the same. We'll talk baseball anytime any day of the week doesn't matter and uh uh another guy uh too don't be afraid to reach out to is joe siddle he's he's a great guy too uh, i've had him oh, on yeah, more I, times I than i can count had a chance. yeah yeah no uh he's, he's a great guy uh good windsor boy as you know um dylan baker uh you are fantastic keep up the great work my friend and i'm sure we'll be talking again shortly Thank you so much. I'd love to have you on my podcast at some point. At anytime. Some point well. Anytime, brother. Uh, we will be right back. I'll close that out on the Cardi Show. All right, big thank you to Mr. Dylan Baker from the 211's Baseball Podcast and the play-by-play voice of the London Majors and Kamoka Kings. And uh, hard to really realize, like, this guy's just a teenager. This guy um, absolutely impresses me with his knowledge and his passion and... Uh, I expect big things. Don't give up that dream, Dylan. You're doing some great stuff. Just want to close it out. Um, I just hope everybody's doing well with this uh, pandemic. Uh, we're hearing different things, and uh, I just want everyone to look after themselves. I think that's the important part. Uh, make sure you're reaching out to the people you need to reach out to. Make sure you're looking after yourself, washing your hands. Um, I just realized that this is real. This is real life right now. And, um, you know, it's hard, but I've said it many times before. I'll say it again. We will get through this. We can get through this, but we all need to cooperate and get on the same page. Um, And I think the other part, too, is have some understanding. And this is an experiment in um, humanity. This is what this is. It's about being, understanding the other person, being kind to each other, being understanding of each other, because we're all different. You know, we all have a lot of similarities, but we're different. And this, I think, is supposed to somehow try and, I don't want to say strip away the differences, but I think the intent of this is, as much as we're socially distant, is to try and bring us together. So, something to think about. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Be safe out there, folks. Till next time, I'm Brent Cardi. Take care.